0: It takes hard work and real knowledge. It takes patience and time. It takes the education this show can provide. So get it straight today. Here's Dr. Medici. Good morning, Dr. Vincent Medici. In an hour or so, I'm going to have my gardener come by. Now I am what you call a Rosarian. That means I'm into roses. I have a rose garden in front of my office, and for the last decade, I've tended the garden. You can learn a lot. Of course, I've had about nine gardeners. I fire them regularly. In fact, the last gardener, I paid him more money to leave. I said, here's double the monthly, just go away. And I didn't tell him he's a boob, but he was. And it's just uncanny. How do you show up and tell somebody you're going to take care of their garden and then do absolutely nothing but mow and blow? Mow and blow. Interesting little story. Back when I had the burden of Long Beach and was in their academic atrocity, I would pull into the parking lot. I found a a way to beat the crowd, and I had a special place where I could park so I didn't have to walk half a mile to class, and there was this Japanese guy, interesting guy. He collected money for this parking lot, you know, the guy in the, in the little depot, and I got to know him, and as I said, he was Japanese, and I was talking to him one day, and it turned out his dad, and this guy was about 60. So he wasn't a teenager, but he was retired and just collecting some dough on the side. And he told me his father was a gardener. Now, many of you don't know. Years ago, if you really wanted a great gardener, you found a Japanese gardener. These guys were the kings. And I'm explaining to this Japanese guy whose dad was a gardener that I can't find a gardener. I go through one a year. And he says to me, you know, he says, the kind of gardener you're looking for, they don't exist anymore. How right he was. Now, you know, the moral of this story is I have a great gardener now, but it took me years to find the gardener that I wanted. My last gardener, who I fired, would show up, charge me extra money. For these insecticide fungicide combinations that only he had a proprietary insight regarding. So he'd come every week and he'd do this and he'd do that and he'd do the other thing. And he'd explain to me which insect that I didn't know about. You know, there's a lot of insects that go after those gorgeous roses. Trips, thrips thrips. You know if you garden the word thrip. Forget the rose slugs, the aphids. Aphids don't even mess with my garden. But thrips. And yeah, yeah, every amateur's got their solution, which doesn't really work. If you look at most of the rose gardens around, people don't know what they're doing, because most of them have boob gardeners. And this second-to-last guy well, he's tending to my garden each week, charging me good money, because money doesn't grow on trees. Good money to do this, that, and the other thing to the garden. He's always got this new insecticide, pesticide cocktail. So he got rid of the insects, but my plants started to look like the fruit at Gelson's. You know? When you go to the health food, when you go to the farmer's market, The fruit, when it's really the fruit you want, it's not perfect. It doesn't look like somebody waxed it, waxed it for an hour and a half. It's imperfect. It's perfectly imperfect. But when you catch it right and you taste it, it explodes. Like when you smell a rose, the fragrance explodes. There's nothing like the fragrance of a rose, nothing that I know. And... This guy was charging me good money to destroy my roses. He was turning them all into Gelson's. By the way, I don't understand this thing. You give a woman a rose, you know, Valentine's Day. What rose? The rose you buy that has no fragrance? The rose at the flower shop? I don't know what that is. Why would someone do that? Why would someone defecate on a rose like that? And that's what it is. That's not a rose. Just like Gelson's doesn't sell fruit. Just like you got to find the right farm for the right piece of fruit. So all my roses are turning into Gelson's fruit. And I bring this up to this so-called master of rose technology, this Rosarian that I found. I stole him from Armstrong's. And the guy tells me, well, that's the cost against the benefit. Because, of course, we have to lay these insecticides down. By the way, that's what we're doing to each other with the food we eat. We're turning us into lackluster roses, but I don't want to get into that at the moment. So he tells me that's the cost of doing business. If you're going to beat the insects, you need my specialized proprietary insect formulas each week. And this is what happens. And I top it off with well you know they don't smell either they're starting to lose fragrance and I don't really get it well that was the last week the guy came because I didn't like his answer in fact I didn't like him period and so I sent him away and I sat down now that I'm out of the hell of academia and I said that's it 10 years I can't find someone other than mow and blow and scam artists and people that think they know and they don't know I'm gonna get myself a Rosarian a true and I found I found her she's an absolute master an angel from heaven sure enough what do I learn what do I learn I learn that one of the great arts of having the rose garden you want is in the art. And it is an art. And please don't nod your head like you understand. Because you don't. The art and science of pruning the roses. Pruning the roses. Do you know how many people I have spoken to? Do you know how many people I have spoken to in the last 10 years? Do you know how many mow and blow guys I've had? Do you know how many supposedly gardeners have come by to give me consultations. You know, the joker that pulls up in the truck, and he's not coming back. He's just going to look it over and tell you what he thinks you need to do. He wants his 150 bucks for an appearance. Not one person has understood the art of pruning. Not one. Now, why do I do this show today? I'll tell you why. Because that's what we don't understand about human health. Human health human health demands pruning that means when you come in and sit down and you want health i just cut off the tips of your fingers and while you think you're bleeding to death i'm telling you that will regenerate your body in new ways and that is actually the truth except it's not the truth it's an exaggeration and i hope you didn't throw up your breakfast And although it's an exaggeration, it is the truth. Pruning, pruning the human body is the only way it will regenerate. Pruning. Now, what do we mean by pruning? Okay, seriously. It's not cutting your fingers off, the tips, that is, which do grow back, by the way. Pruning is to challenge the normal homeostatic mechanism to the point where you're irritated, where your whole body is irritated. If that is done artfully, so there is an art to pruning, an art to pruning roses, an art to pruning the human body. But that pruning is called detoxification. That pruning is called nutrification. detoxification must be supervised to the point that the individual is inflamed to where the inflammatory markers go up. You want to rebuild liver? Well, maybe that liver is going to have liver enzymes spike. You want to kill a cancer? Well, maybe those cancer markers will go up. There's all sorts of nuances of stressing a body in the interest of resolving symptomology regrowing new tissue that demands the proper pruning one of the classic examples of how to prune the body is to water fast water fasting is fascinating I remember years ago This is about four years ago I did an extended water fast and on the last four days I didn't drink water either. No food, no water, nothing. And I remember on the fourth, fifth day of that last number of days, it was just before Christmas. And I remember going into a sauna and sweating for five hours. Now, mind you, this is the last day of like 14 days or so. It's the last day upon which I haven't had food or water. For the last five days, no water. Now, that's pushing it. And you start getting into that spooky zone If any of you that have done a one-day water fast or a two-day water fast or a three-day water fast, you know that, at certain pockets along the way, it occurs to you that you might die. Now, you won't, you don't. But it occurs to you that you might. That's the kind of pruning I'm talking about. See, I have my own definition of pruning because I work with sick people. And unless they're pruned and plucked, unless you apply some heat The body doesn't do what the rose does when you prune it. The body doesn't regenerate. Now there's a lot of science I'm skipping. I just want to keep it metaphoric so it can drop into the eight pocket of your soul. But that is the way it works. Your physiology, say, as an example in a water fast, has to be pushed to the point where it's inflamed. That inflammatory process is expressed in ways that only, only keen eyes will discern. If I look into your face and I see horror, I know you're in the zone of regeneration. Wait a second. I'm going to make an analogy here. I want you to think about it. I want you to think Christ fasting 40 days and 40 nights, and then he meets the king of the underworld. He meets the devil. I want you to consider, perhaps, that Jesus, having man in him, man and God, brought up his own demons. The demons on the outside are on the inside. The part of us we'd rather not discuss or look at, the human part of us, the lower angle of human nature, comes up when you fast. Biblically speaking, we could say you meet your demon. Well, I will tell you, when you water fast, you will meet your demon. Whatever it is that you stuff away underneath your complacent smile, you will meet But that's called pruning the roses. It really is. You look for it when people water fast because at that juncture, a person's in that critical mass point. And if they get on the other side, if that demon is cast back to hell from where it came, you liberate. You liberate your consciousness. Liberate your consciousness meaning you connect with greater power to the spiritual plane, to God the Father. Say it any way you like. That is what you do. But only if you prune yourself to critical mass. I'm not making a play on words. No, not at all. This is literally. This is science. The science of pruning the human organism. To prune it is to inflame it. To inflame it is to make it scared. You're scared when you meet your demon. You're scared when you haven't had water for four days. You're scared when all sorts of excretions come out of your body. That's how you know you're pruning someone correctly. See, if you're good at it, when you prune the roses, you just tear them down with artfulness, with a scalpel. A hammer and a chisel. And when it's done, they smile at you. They do. They vibrate. They look different. We used to have gardeners that understood that. We used to have people that were connected to plants. They are few and far between. They are almost non-existent in Southern California. And yes, yes, everyone has an opinion, I know. I go to the women's weekend clubs, the Orange County Rose Society, and we all sit there and chat about our little practice. But really, this has nothing to do with my point today because, you see, when you're sick, what you're up against is something that demands artistry, monumental sophistication. And all of your therapies have to derive from a sense of... Of the fact that you have to have a monumental stupendous, way above the pay grade, sophistication is to allocate health therapy. But it's always based in fundamentals. And one of the fundamentals is you have to be adequately pruned. Most people, when they're adequately pruned, when they stumble onto it by accident, are petrified. Call 911. Call 911, says the man being adequately pruned. I remember the day... There was a guy, he was doing a water fast, and his fever went up. And his fever went up to 103 or so. So he called his friend. He called his friend the medical doctor. Now, the medical doctors, of course, are extremely well-schooled. Hardly anything they ever say or endorse is wrong. God bless them. So his friend, the medical doctor, says, look, your fever's 103. And that means you've got some sort of massive infection. Go to the hospital. So he's water fasting. And his fever is 103. And his good friend, his mentor, tells him to go to the hospital. He goes to the hospital. They put him on anti-IV antibiotics. That's a big mistake. That's truly asinine. That's a decision based on... Complete ignorance, complete disrespect for the divine. And it's certainly what you don't do when you prune your roses. You see, that man was being pruned. And when you're being pruned, garbage will begin to dissolve, in this case, off your coronary arteries, off your valves, off all sorts of places that hold infectious garbage. And his immune system was reacting And he was going into a low-grade inflammation to which the body decided to spike a fever to blast away, to radiate, to abolish and destroy, to obliterate the infectious material that was being dissolved. So his body did something smart. Now, you could read that. I could read that. Of course, his good friend, the doctor, couldn't. So he completely flipped that process upside down. There's an example, I could give you hundreds of examples. People whose hearts begin to beat a little too fast at night. No, I'm not talking about old people, people who are about to die, people who have bad cardiac issues. I'm talking about people in their 30s who just need to get all the snot out of their body from all the decay they've sucked in, the drug years, etc. And when they start to go through detoxifications, they get various signs, one of which is the heart. The, neurolog- the neurological system wired into the heart in response to the garbage that's passing through the heart in the form of toxic blood will elicit a response via the nervous system that will increase the heartbeat. So all of a sudden at night, as you're in some form of a detoxification, your heart rate goes up to 150 and it goes beat beat boom, boom. And of course, you're told this is how you die, when in fact, this is how you're born. You see, I work with Dr. Fauci. The next time you prune your roses, I'm going to drive up, pop out, and warn you that you're killing your plant. Well, that's what we do. We trust health officials who are imbeciles and liars and scam artists and in bed with the vaccine industries, the pharmaceutical industry. we trust them implicitly and blindly. We don't question them. Now we teach our children to do their active service for the world by getting their vaccine. When they have a .0000, what is it, Point zero ten to the 15th probability of getting even sick? When it's so low, it's almost zero? but they want to do their active service. We've scammed the world. So there is no respect for pruning. We don't prune ourselves because the minute we feel irritation, our nerve senses, our sense of truth is so jaded in the filth we've created around us that we can't tell the difference between a proper pruning and an annihilation. No one's arguing that you should annihilate your body. Of course, these are arts, right? Health is an art. Pruning roses is an art. And then there's science. Then there's science. And science says simply that the only thing you can trust is what you can see. Not what you can sense, what you can see. What you can write down, what you can put to a mathematical equation. Pruning doesn't fit that model. But neither does God. That's why your scientists and God aren't aligned. Well, we all agree with that, don't we? We all agree that it could be there, but you can't see it. You can only sense it. Well, that works on Sunday. But does it work for your health? Does it work in the medical industry? Does it work in most of the models we've adapted to determine whether something is real or not, that being that it might be there Even though our senses corroborate it, but we can't put it to script. Mathematical equation. See, in reality, we don't. We just pretend we do. And then while we meet our demon when we fast, we run off to the medical doctor because he knows. You get my point. We are filled of these little paradoxes. We just don't think about them. I do think about them because I watch people, because they don't know how to prune themselves, die. They die. They die. They have miserable lives. They are on the wrong path, not the right path. And I watch them, when you put them on the right path, they rebel. They revolt. They're certain they're going down when they're just on the cusp of birth. A rebirth. Do you know what I found out the other day? Even I did not know this. That If you take your liver, it's right, your liver, and for whatever reason, you have three-quarters of it cut out. Like if you donate a big chunk of your liver to your brother who's dying of cirrhosis, and he needs a liver transplant, so you give him three-quarters of yours, you look it up yourself. This fathomed me. I thought the liver grew back in about a year. The liver will grow back... In about three to four months. Most of it will be back in six to eight weeks. The liver. You know the liver? A thousand known functions. The biggest, strongest, healthiest organ in the body. You can cut out 75% of it and it'll grow itself back. Wow. Body's filled with facts like that. All about regeneration. Wait a minute. What's the hookup here? Prune the liver. Prune it. Prune it to the point where you can do something absurd. Like cut out 75% of it. How come that's not a standard practice? (laughs) Just kidding. I have to look this up. I got to think about that. But then again, I don't have to think about it. Because what do you think detoxifications are doing? What's a master flush each month if you know what one is? Of course, all of these are art forms. You don't learn them out of a cookbook. You don't go on internet and just study the recipe. You have to work with it, preferably under supervision. Yes, there just might be an art to health that people who study health hopefully have a little bit more knowledge of so you got to take it respectfully and not trust it. research is just something you do on Google especially Google since if there's anything that can really regenerate you you won't find it on Google I don't get it do you why did I even say that could there be a hookup between Google and the pharmaceutical industry if your platforms on Google which by the way owns YouTube and you want to get on and say something that's contrary to sit there at 70 and just take your blood pressure med, are you even allowed a platform? I hate to trouble people making connections like this. Of course, there's no study that shows anything I'm saying is correct. You just have to use your senses. Okay, prune yourself. There's the concept. Now, let's see what you can do with it. God bless you, and I'll see you next week. Okay. That's a wrap. Don't forget to get to Dr. Medici's website at drmedici.com to look at the pictures and review the show as often as you wish. See you next week.